uh, last week we looked at the first four verses, and so today we're progressing to verse 5. Okay, so we're picking up in verse 5. We're going to read through chapter 2, verse 2. So uh, chapter 1, verse 5, through chapter 2, verse 2. And I, we, we may actually have some overlap next week. I may kind of back up a little bit, but I, I just felt like we needed to hold this section together today. So we're going to try to get through each one of those pieces. So chapter 1, verses 5, through chapter 2, verses 2. Okay, so here we go. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Father, we thank you for the scripture text that we have in front of us today. And Father, we pray that as we read, as we think, as we meditate, as we study, as we, as we hear uh, the Word of God, God, that your Spirit would, would unite that Word with our hearts, that you would open our hearts to understand and to apply and to receive and to love the truth that's presented here today. Father, I pray that, God, that we might walk in the light. God, teach us, teach us to be sensitive to your Spirit. Teach us to to hear your conviction, teach us to confess and repent quickly of our sins. And God, I pray that, God, if, if we've got sin in our heart today, this morning, God, I pray that you would, you would do your work of rooting that out of us. God, that you would bring a quick repentance, a quick confession, Lord, a quick changing of our heart that we might, that we might get in the light. Father, please do that work in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so first thing in verse 5 that we see here is a description of the character of God. So remember, last week was, was almost all on this, this incredible character of the glory of Jesus that John had experienced and once you'd experienced, once, once my, me experienced, we want each other to experience, okay? And now in verse 5, he, he describes the character of God as being like, okay? So verse 5 says, this is a message you've heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is is no darkness at all, okay? Now, this is really such a big picture that I I hate to try to define it because I think anytime we define it, then we'll leave out something. But but in in a very general sense, I think it would be very, very, as a rule to say, light is good and dark is bad, right? I mean, that's just kind of a general 
thing that everybody automatically knows. You don't have to be taught that from the Bible. Okay, if you see a movie, and at the beginning of the movie, there's this, there's this uh, uh, great big mansion, great big grounds kind of place, okay? Now, if they start the movie out, and it's sunshine, bright sunshine, blue sky, you know, and you can see all the flowers and all the gardens around the mansion, you tend to, if you take music out of it and all that, you tend to have a pretty good, like, wow, what a place, who lives there? A prince, a king? whatever, okay, if that same movie starts out and they show you the house in the dark, right, in the dark and maybe there's a storm, maybe there's a, the moon is shining, but you know, you tend to what? You tend, oh, that's a bad place, man, something bad's going to happen, you know, I know right off the bat, oh, here it comes, right? I mean, you tend to have a feeling about something just by whether it's in the light or in the dark, and we just, we all kind of automatically have that, all right? And, but, but in the scriptures, it's very clear that light, light brings life, light brings growth, light brings warmth, light reveals things, light makes things clear right and darkness on the other hand darkness darkness makes you stumble darkness hides things darkness has a sense of lostness to it okay we all automatically were thinking about we've had experiences like that even haven't we man my my worst night at falls creek ever was um it was probably like 15 years ago or so and we were staying in this cabin we'd never stayed in before it was a brand new cabin and and, and we had so many kids that, that me and bob goodwin and i think his son maybe one of his sons and there were, uh, there were several of us, maybe John Arrington. We, we had to stay in this kind of little cubby, this little uh, kind of cook's quarters or something, but it was set off from everything else. It was kind of the in, in the interior of the cabin. And, and so the first night, uh, just like always at Falls Creek, I, I ate it up, you know, even 10 o'clock at night, you're eating again, snacking. I drank a couple pops. And, and so I wake up about three in the morning and I've got to go to the bathroom, right? And I think, you know, I know where the door is. I think I remember it's pitch black in there, you know, pitch black. And so I get up and I, and I go to where I think the door is, and I'm, I'm against a bunk, you know, and I hear somebody snoring, and, and so I kind of grope my way around, the, you know, to think, and, and the door's not there, it's another bunk, and it's another bunk, and it's not, and man, I'm telling you, for 10 minutes, I groped around in the darkness, I've got to go to the bathroom, it's, at one point, literally, I start thinking of my contingency plan, like, I'm going to go on the floor, okay, there's a mop, I know there's a mop, all right, I'll eventually find my way out, and I'll mop it up before everybody gets up, I can go throw my clothes in the, you know, I mean, I'm already, I'm already giving up because I can't find my way out. Like, I mean, I literally cannot find my way. Nothing is clear. Everything is disoriented. I can't, I mean, that's darkness, right? I mean, I mean, that's what we think of when we think of darkness. And the Bible has some of those exact same images in it about, about darkness. Listen to, uh, listen to some of these. Listen to Jude 6. Okay, so uh, right after 1st and 3rd John is the book of Jude. And Jude 6 says this, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Well, think about that judgment in Matthew 22. Verse 13, it gives you this image. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, And I can give you verse after verse that describes judgment and hell and the place where the demons will be as a place of 
outer darkness, a place of utter darkness. And so, so even in the Bible, separation from God, the wrath of God, the judgment of God has a description of darkness to it. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, we find this, this passage just about the Christian life. And listen to the image that Paul uses here. He says in verse 8 of chapter 5, at one time you were darkness, but now, okay, now after you've received Christ, after you've, you, you've been joined to Jesus, for, but, but, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It's shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I mean, you see the continual imagery there of the Christian life in, in that following the Lord is light. You know, God shines his light upon us. We walk in the light, okay? Not following the Lord, living in sin, living in unrepentance is darkness darkness. And so there's this continual theme in the Bible of light and darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is another place where, where, where that's, that's said over and over again. In, in verse 4, it says, in their case, the, the case of people who don't know Jesus, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. The gospel is, 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 is pictured as, as coming forth as light, coming forth as, as this revelatory light okay, uh, of the glory of Christ. Uh, verse 5 says, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. That's what God does in salvation. He shines his light into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. If we go into the book of John, the gospel of John, we see all kinds of imagery about light and life. Okay, light and life. John 1.4 says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so there's this parallel between light and life, okay? Living, really living. We talked about that, that last week. What does it mean to really live, okay? What well, means to be in God's light, to receive God's light. There, there's a continual theme in the Bible of light and revelation, okay? So God God revealing things to us, God, God showing us things. That's described as light in the Bible. In John 3.20, Gospel of John 3.20, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out in God. Okay, it's a picture of, of people who are doing things they know they shouldn't do. They don't want to be in God's light. They don't, they don't want to be there. They want to be in the darkness because in the darkness, their deeds are not exposed, okay? I knew a kid one time that uh, he, he, he was being potty trained and, and he knew that he should not go in his diaper. And so whenever he had to go, you know what he did? He went in the closet and shut the door, you know? And, and, and if you try to like, you know, go, go in there. It's not one of my kids. It's somebody else's kid. Yeah, if you, if you try to go like, you know, hey, what are you doing? He's like, shut the door, you know? He's like, you know, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, so I'm going to do it in the dark. Yeah, I'm going to do it where nobody can see me, okay? That, that's kind of the picture, you know, the Bible says about everybody and their sin, you know, when, when we don't want... We don't want our deeds to be exposed. We don't want to step into the light of God's character and his holiness and his revelation, okay? And so basically what John is saying here is that God is a blazing being of truth and holiness and life. 
And that is expressed by light, okay? So if you just kind of picture God as this blazing being of truth, this blazing being of of life and holiness, and and that's coming down on us in the form of his light, all right? That's kind of the picture that I get from John. All right, now, verse 6, okay? If we say that we have fellowship, remember what last week, remember last week, fellowship with God. If we, if we say we have fellowship, if we say, man, I'm sharing Jesus' life, I'm sharing his truth, I'm sharing, I'm connected, I'm, 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 I'm living with Christ in fellowship with him, okay? If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We lie. And do not practice the truth. Okay? Very important. So, if we're saying with our mouth, Christian, right here, Christian, join to Jesus, loving him, living for him, but yet the reality of our life is that we're not walking in the light, we're walking in the darkness, okay? So, so again, darkness, the opposite of, of light. So darkness is, is lies, falsehood, deeds leading to death, unholiness, a life contrary to Jesus' life. And, and notice, walk in darkness, okay? Walk is your everyday life. That's what John's talking about here. He's talking about your everyday life. He's talking about your, 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 your Monday morning and your Tuesday afternoon and your Wednesday lunch and your Thursday evening. That's your walk. Now, we're not talking about your one hour of religious kind of duty a week, you know, your ceremony. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're talking about your everyday life. And John says, if we say, if we say we've got fellowship with God, but we walk in darkness, it's not true. It's not true. Because here's the reality, if, if, if you're in the light, okay, if you're in the light, if you're, if you're, if you're walking in God's light, then, then several things are going to be happening. Your deeds are going to be continually exposed, okay? You're, there's going to be this shining upon you of Christ's life and Christ's work and Christ's death and Christ's holiness and Christ's word, okay? You, you can't stay in that and, and walk in darkness. Those two are contrary to one another. Okay, so so let's kind of try to play this out. I don't know if this is going to work, but I tried to. Okay, so let's say that this is uh, God. That's the best I could do. Sorry about that. Um, let's. I don't know if I can even turn off all the lights from up here. Uh, sort of. Okay, that's all I got. Andrew's going to hate this because of the video. <laughs> but uh, all right, so all right, so here I am. Okay, let's picture this is uh, this is God's light. Okay, this is God's light shining. Okay, so this is truth, holiness, His life, the life of Jesus. Oh man, look at that. Good job, Andrew. Okay, so here it is. All right, so so here's what here's what John is saying. Okay, so if, if I say I'm here, okay, but but I walk in darkness, I, I, I'm lying. Okay, so let's kind of play that out in in. Uh, in just a, maybe an everyday illustration. So let's say you're, you're with your spouse and they mention something about money, okay? And it crawls all over you, okay? And you kind of take, you, know, you don't really know how they meant it, but you take it that they're accusing you of, you know, mismanaging or something you bought recently. And so you get all mad. You get all mad on the inside, okay? You see, so you're all mad on the inside and, and you start holding the grudge and you start, you know, running all in your mind about how could they and how dare they and I, I make a good living and I do this and I do that. And man, I'm, uh uh-uh, I'm not, I'm withholding my affection from them. And okay, can you do that while standing in the light of God? Okay, 
What's going to be happening? Well, what's going to be happening is as I'm saying those things in my mind and my heart, God's truth, right? I'm standing in the light. I'm standing in truth. What's the truth? What do I really deserve? What does God say about forgiveness? What does he say about holding the grudge? What does he say about bitterness? What does he say about loving my spouse? And so the only way for me to stay angry, bitter, vengeful, I got to get out of the light. Now, if I'm over here, oh, that, it works, man. It works, you know? I mean, I can, I, can, I can be over here and be like, how dare they? In fact, I can stay over here and just be mad for days and weeks and months, you know? And I can hold a grudge and I can be bitter and I can be nasty and venomous with my words. I can do that over here. I can walk in darkness over here and that's okay. But I can't do that standing here. I can't do that under God's light of of conviction and truth and holiness and Jesus' life. Does that make sense? All right, let's turn back on the lights. I can't see you. You could be sleeping. That's the big danger of that illustration right there. That'll never work. Okay, so so, so let's play that out, okay? So men cannot... Men cannot claim to have fellowship with the almighty being of truth and holiness if they're walking in darkness, if, if they're hiding from the truth that God reveals. So walking in darkness is the opposite of, of, of walking in the light. I can't, I can't stay in, I can't live in sin while I'm in the light. I'll have to deny the truth. I'll have to deny Jesus' righteous life. I'll have to deny his commands to me. I I, I can't stay in the light. If I find myself living in unrepentant sin, I must know I'm in the darkness. I'm not in the light. Okay? I, 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 I can't be near to... Have you ever noticed that? You can't be near to God and live in habitual sin. You know? Those those two things don't mesh. You can't. You got to get over in the darkness. And so John says in verse 6, if we say, that's the key. Have you noticed that people say all kinds of things about themselves that aren't true? You notice that? I've been in those conversations before, haven't you? You know, have you ever been in those conversations? Someone's like, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And you're like, (laughs) Really? That's not been my experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, have you been in those? You know, someone says something about themselves, and you're like, I don't think so. (laughs) And they're probably laughing at us because we said something like that, right? Folks, what, what becomes really clear from the Scriptures is that what you say about yourself is not nearly as important as what you practice. Did you notice that? If we say we have fellowship with Him, we lie... If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And then I like this. I like John's little phrase here. Do not practice the truth. We don't practice it. It's one thing to say it about yourself. But what really matters, am I practicing living out truth? So, question for you. So is John saying that we must be perfect to have fellowship with God? Is, that, is he saying to walk in the light, to live here? I got to be without sin. I, I, I got to never sin. Is that what John's saying? No. How do we know that? Well, real clearly we know that, okay? Verse 8, 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So clearly John is not saying that Christians are perfect and without sin, okay? That, that, that's a, the answer to John's dilemma here about, about saying we, you know, we're in the light but, but walking in darkness. The answer is not to, uh, to be over here in, 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 or to be here in the light and say, you know, I have no sin. You know, I never sin. Not me. Not, not, no, ever. Do you ever get mad? No. Do you ever get bitter? No. Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever get, are you ever lustful or greedy or covetous? No, 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 not me. Not me. No, I'm, I'm above all of that. I never, the answer is not that because that is a lie, okay? That's a lie. The, John is very clear. We are sinners, okay? By nature and by practice, we were born sinners and we continue to sin, okay? We are not perfect and we should not try to deny the reality reality of our sin. The answer here this morning is not to learn to justify your sin. I mean, that's the problem, okay? The problem is, is that we become masters at, at justifying our sin. We can ma- become masters at saying things like, well, my, my pride, I, I don't have pride. I simply, you know, want what I deserve, you know? Okay, huh? You know, the, the, the answer is not when confronted with a clear case of our sin to excuse it away why, well, you know, but you don't know what been done to me or you don't know my situation you don't know how hard my life is we do that all the time don't we we excuse our behavior based on well but my circumstances my my this my that here's my situation i know john's saying if we say if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves i mean the answer is is not to not deal with your sin in fact i would say the opposite we need to know our depravity, okay? We need, we need to know our depravity, and we need to realize the brokenness of our own heart. Let me, let me give you a couple of psalms that are really meaningful to me in this category. One is Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is this beautiful psalm about the Word of God, okay? So like in verse 7, it starts out, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing. The, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is, okay, all these things about the Word of God, Word of God, Word of God, Word of God, and then he comes to um, verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. You know what he almost says there? I, I, I think here's what he's saying. I think he's saying, I realize there's a lot about my life that I don't even see. True? I know that's true just from my own experience in my Christian life. I mean, when I first got saved, 1990, there were some glaring things. I mean, immediately as I received Christ, there were things that I were like, okay, I can't ever do that again. I mean, I just knew that's sin against God. That's, that's horrible. How could I have been living that way? These big things, okay? And I remember in those first months, as God began to root those things out of my life, I remember kind of having this feeling of, whew, man, I got that taken care of, you know? But let me tell you what's happened. Over the last couple decades, guess what? I haven't gone back to those things, but, but you know what keeps happening? God keeps revealing more stuff, right? Does that happen to you? Deeper stuff, right? 
heart things, attitude things, mindset things, prideful things. I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how many different ways pride has been exposed in my life. You know, you think you think pride is just like one sin? It's like, well, you know, it's just boasting? No, no, man, pride is manifested in a thousand different ways, right? And, and through the word of God, I think that's what Psalm nineteen is, is saying. It's rejoicing through the word of God. Those things are revealed through the Spirit of God. Psalm 139, listen to the psalmist here. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. The psalmist is inviting God, search my heart, God. What's he saying? Man, you know what he's doing? He's just, he's just sitting under the light is what he's doing. He's saying, God, give, give me more. Shine it on me. Show me my sin. Reveal my iniquity. God, I want to see it. And how different is that from the guy that's like, oh, no, I don't got any sin. How different is that from the guy that opens up his Bible, assuming there's going to be nothing. You know, he's fine. How different is that from the guy that comes to church and, and, and he assumes, man, nothing to do today in me. So, Sin is an undeniable reality in our lives. All right, so now we're, we're back to a puzzle, aren't we? We're back. we got a problem, okay? Go back to, to verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. All right, what, what John just told us in verse 8 and 10 is that we all have sin in our life. And so how can any of us walk in the light if we all have sin in our lives? I'm glad you asked that. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and, and, again, I'm going to explain how all this comes together, but let's just take it a piece at a time. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Piece number one is that my own righteousness is not what makes me clean, okay? My, my not sinning in this moment is not what makes me clean. The only thing that makes me clean is the blood, the work of Jesus Christ on my behalf, okay? Move down to chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. This is verse 1. But if anyone does sin, raise your hand. If anyone does sin, some of you don't think you're going to. Right, if anyone does sin, all right, that's us. What's the answer, John? We're in trouble. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, righteous. I have had such a great time with that word advocate this week. Man, I'm telling you, I've just rejoiced over it. An advocate is one who speaks in our defense, okay? You might think of it as a defense attorney today. The guy that you're on trial, okay? You're, you're condemned, and he's the guy that gets up on your behalf and pleads your case, okay? An advocate is a helper, an intercessor, a mediator, one, one who, who we call upon for help, who we call to our side. 
And so in the heavenly courtroom, we stand guilty. That, that's our, that's our, our plea. We, we stand guilty. We've been sinning all of our lives. The truth about every one of us is we've dishonored God. We've ignored God. We've disobeyed God. We've disrespected God. We've blamed God. We've transgressed against God. We've lied to God. We've ran from God. We threw a fit before God. We've not been interested in God. We are guilty, every one of us. Guilty. Condemned. No way to make that right. No way to pay for a lifetime of transgressions. We're condemned to be cast away forever to a place the Bible calls hell. We'll be separated from God. But here is our hope. Our hope is Jesus who gets up from the throne and stands in our behalf as our defense attorney. And here's what he does not do. He does not say, Father, you got to know Jason. He's really a good guy. I mean, I, I, he's not perfect, but he's, he's, he doesn't say that. He actually agrees with the sentence. I'm guilty. But what he does is he gets up and, and on our behalf and stands in front of me and he offers his own wounds, his own blood, his own righteous life and sacrifice on my behalf. He says, Father, he is connected to me. And the Father is pleased He is pleased with Jesus' righteous life. He is pleased with Jesus' sacrifice. He is pleased with Jesus' glory. And so Jesus comes to my aid. And therefore, Romans 8.33 says this, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who's to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding isn't that beautiful for us all right so so what is my hope my hope is in christ work christ blood christ advocacy on my behalf you you know what thrilled my soul this was so cool to me that i had to get up and talk to daniel was the only one that wasn't free you know when i was studying everybody else had somebody with him and i went in days i said i just gotta tell you this you know i mean it's so cool it just hit me that that when you sin, have you ever thought about this? Maybe it's not true for you. It's true for me. Whenever I blow it, I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm mad at myself. And so many times, I like, I like don't want to be by Jesus. You know, I don't want to be by him because I'm just, I'll let you down again. Let me go out and do some good things and then I'll come back, you know, and feel better about being in your presence. That's stupid. It's stupid. Okay, it's, it's not theologically accurate. When I sin, who, not only do who do I want, who do I have to have right by me? Jesus. He's my advocate. He's not like, ah, oh, go over there in the corner. If I go in the corner, I'm burnt up by the wrath of God. I can't. I got I to gotta be hugging on his leg. I got to get to him. I, I, I got to be by He's the one who comes to my aid. And he's the one who offers himself, verse 2, as the propitiation. Big word. It's, it's the atoning sacrifice. Literally, it means the appeasement, the satisfaction. In other words, Jesus' death, Jesus' life satisfies God. God is satisfied. It's the atoning sacrifice that satisfies his wrath. God looks at me, I'm guilty. I need to be punished, I need to be cast away. God looks at Jesus, he's satisfied. He's my advocate. 
He's my propitiation. I didn't know where to fit this in, so it's here. I'll see if it works, and maybe I'll put it at the end in the next service. I don't know. But, but the question that, that i got to deal with before we can go on is really, does that make you want to sin more? You know, when, when, what I just told you, you know, that Christ is your advocate, that Christ is your propitiation. I mean, is that... Because there's people that think that, okay? And it's actually, actually absolutely contrary to what John says here. John says in chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin, okay? I'm telling you this so that you won't sin. But there are some people that, that they think, well, you know, man, if, if Christ takes away my sin, you know, if I'm forgiven, if, if I don't have to, you know, worry about that, if, if Christ, his work, his blood for me, that, then, man, I'm going to go sin some more. If that's what you believe, you do not know Jesus, you do not love Jesus, you don't know him. I can't imagine that. You're walking down the street. You come upon this pile of dynamite with these wires sticking out of it and this little display that has three seconds on it. And these two wires come up from the top and they, where they meet in the middle is a $100 bill. And you're like, hmm, $100 bill, you know? Now you would think the dynamite would deter you, but, you know, we're all just that stupid that we're like... And then we see a sign. And the sign below says... Please, do not take the $100 bill. If you take it, you will die. And we're like, sure, it's 100 you know? And just as we're reaching out, a man named Jesus jumps out from the, the, around the corner and starts running toward us and says, no, 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 don't take it, don't take it. And we're like, he's trying to get my 100 <laughs> you know? And you pull it out. Immediately the clock, three, two, one. And at that moment, you realize... I just did a horrible, stupid thing. And you look over and you cry, Jesus! And just at that time, he launches himself on you and over you as that thing explodes. And you're disoriented for a moment and your ears are ringing and and you wake and you realize that everything is covered with blood. It's not your blood. And then you realize the one who's holding you, his back's ripped apart. He's shredded. But somehow he's still alive. And he looks at you and he says, I love you. And he gets up and helps you up, dusts you off. And you start to walk down the street together. And a little ways further, there's another pile of dynamite with another sign, another wires and a $100 bill. Really? Does it make you want to say, let's do that again? I, there's just no room for that. If you're here today and what the gospel makes you want to do is say, you know what, I'm going to keep sinning. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because Jesus will forgive me. You don't know him. You've not seen him. You don't know him. So, Christ has dealt with my sin, okay? Now, now here's where, here's where we got to get tricky, okay? But my experience of what Christ has done, okay, my experiencing of what Christ has done is, is, is also dependent on me dealing with my sin, okay? Now, we got to get real careful. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, okay, but I got to do this to save myself. No, Christ saves me, okay? Christ jumped in front of me. Christ put himself over me. Christ, it's his work, his blood. He's the one who saves me. Okay, but, but, okay, but, verse 9, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? Now, let me tell you what the word confess means, because this is very important. I, some people think it's just telling God that you did it. Okay? Uh, yeah, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. Every day. I did it. I did it. I did it. You know, you just curse somebody out uh, at, 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 through the drive through because you're mad because you didn't get your diet pop. You got a regular pop. And then you drive away and you're like, yeah, I did it, God. I did it. I confess my sin, you know. It's not confessing your sin. The word is homologeo. It means to say the same thing, to agree with God. That's what it means, to agree with God. Agree with God about what? About your sin, about your response to sin, uh, about the truth of whether sin can stain your life. Okay, if, if, if confession is agreeing with God, let me ask you this question. What does God say about sin? Well, in Isaiah 1, he says sin is compared to a raw, oozing wound. In Ezekiel chapter 16, it's compared to a, a baby dying and stillborn in its blood. And God comes and, and, and makes it alive and develops it into a beautiful princess and lavishes riches and glory and honor upon that princess. And, and, and that princess, ta- he takes it, that princess as his, his own wife and, and makes her a queen. And she responds to that by going out and, and, and being a whore, being a prostitute, giving herself in adultery to every passerby. That's what, how God describes sin in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 59, 2, he says that our sins cause a separation between us and God. And so, so what, what does God say about sin? It is ugly, it is nasty, it kills, it destroys, it's offensive, it's rebellious, and it cannot be tolerated in our lives. And so what does it mean to confess our sin? Psalm 97.10 says this, You who love the Lord hate evil. Proverbs 8.13 says the fear of the Lord is a hatred of evil. What does it mean to confess your sins? When you're standing here in the light and you realize, I have sinned. God's truth comes down upon you and you realize, I have sinned. I'm living in sin. I'm living in unrighteousness. What it means to, to confess is to agree with God. God, you are right. It is, it is horrible. It is, it is rebellion. It's nasty. It's terrible. God, I agree with you. I agree with you, God. I need to repent. I agree with you, God. I need to make it right. I agree with you, God. I need to have action that demonstrates a changed heart. God, I agree. That's confession. That's what it means to confess your sins. So as we walk in the light, God's truth reveals that sin. We agree with God. We repent of that sin. We turn to God. And then we receive the work of Jesus on our behalf. And so really confession is is the thing that enables us to experience Jesus' work on our behalf. It's not so much contingent upon it as it is the experience of it. Okay, So, so here I am in the light. Okay, Um, Let's say I, um, I steal something from somebody having a hard time financially, I have the opportunity, uh, it's a weak moment, and I take it. Okay, so if I'm in the light, what happens? God's truth coming down, God's holiness coming down, the life of Jesus coming down. It exposes my wickedness. Okay, if I confess, what, what do I do? God, I agree. Oh, God, that was wrong. God, I didn't trust you. That was unbelief. God, I repent. I'm going to that person. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to give it back. And whatever consequences, God, I'm going to take it. Now, if I'm in the darkness, then what? I'm away from the light, away from God. I don't want to hear him. I'm justified. Yeah, I might have stole, but you know what? I worked for that guy for 10 years, and he's ripped me off every year. 
I'm justifying. I'm in the dark. Now let me ask you, right here, am I experiencing God's forgiveness? Am I, am I experiencing Jesus' advocacy? Am I experiencing the blood of Christ forgiving my sin? I'm not. Okay? But here, I'm experiencing it, right? Because, because I just repented and, and, and Lord, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to go give it back. God, you're right. And God, I, I know a sin, but Lord, I trust Jesus' death to be for me. And God, I, I thank you that I'm not separate from you, that you didn't abandon me, that you love me. God, that I'm yours. I'm walking in the light. But if I'm in the darkness, there's no confession, there's no repentance, there's no turning. And really, there is, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to point out is, I'm not saying, if you're a genuine believer, I'm not saying that like you're lost here until you confess. And confession is like your work. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, how can you experience the forgiveness of Jesus? How can you feel that? How can you know that? How can you walk in that? You can't until you step into the light and agree with God. What John's telling us here is that sin has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with. Man, don't, don't, please don't misunderstand. Am I, am I saying that the way you get saved is by confessing your sins? Because a lot of people believe that. A lot of people are like, all I got to do is admit to the big things, you know, and, and I'm good, you know. I've done some terrible things, but I've, I've went and told God that I know I did them. And now I'm saved. No, that doesn't save you, okay? You know, if you rob a store and kill three people, and then you go before the judge and you're like, yeah, I did it. Does he say, well, you know, you admitted it. All right, go free. You know? No, yeah, you did do it. Now you're going to jail, maybe the chair. You don't get saved by confession. You get saved by the blood of Jesus, by the advocacy of Christ, by the intercession of your Savior. But how do you experience it? How do how do, you, how do you walk in any of that unless you walk in the light? And how do you walk in the light unless you regularly confess your sins? Man, just the real practical thing I want to press on you this morning is how often do you confess your sins? How often does that happen in you? How often are you sinning? How often are you asking God, show me your sin? How often are you, are you deep in the word so that it's exposing your sin? You, you know, here's the reality. If I, if I close up this thing, I'm not going to touch that again this week, and I stay away from other believers, and I stay away from the word, and I stay away from, from prayer, it's easy to be over here, isn't it? But man, when I, start, when I start opening up that Bible and I start, Lord, speak to me, Lord, show me. And I start fellowshipping, and I'm in a small group, and I'm transparent. Whew, it gets hot, doesn't it? It gets warm. But it also gets really good. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. And we're refreshed. You know what the best feeling in the world is? Repentance. It's, it's a hard thing. Have you experienced that? Some of my most refreshing times have been with tears when I'm making things right with the Lord and I'm finally admitting it's me. And I'm, 
I'm confessing that even to a brother or to a sister or to my wife. I can't tell you how invigorating that is. To get up, walk away. Jesus, he's forgiven me. Now I'm going to walk. But it's so stifling to stay over there in the dark. Pretending. Saying with our mouth, I'm fine. But our life says you're not fine. Man, it's time to step in the light, folks. Let's, let's step in the light. First John 2, 1. I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. That's, that's what this process does. It enables you not, not to sin, to sin less and less, to get out of sin. That's what he's doing with this. God, work that in us. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you to, to work that in us, God. I pray that you would um, shine your light upon us. And God, we don't want to run from it. God, we don't want to hide from it. We don't want to slink away and, and live in, in, in habitual sin. Father, we want to stay right, right in your light, God. We want to be confessing our sin, admitting, agreeing with you, Father, receiving the blood of Jesus on our behalf. Father, I pray, God, work that in us today. Lord, I, I pray... If, Father, show us our sin, even now, God, as, as, as Michelle begins, begins to play, as we begin to, to think about worship and, and singing and, and celebrating. God, I, I pray that you would just show us our sin, Father. Reveal that. Expose our hearts. Expose our, our transgressions. And, Father, I pray that, that there might be confession here this morning. There might be a free agreeing and admitting to what you expose and that there might be great faith in the work of Christ on our behalf. Father, we pray it in Jesus' name.